You are listening to What's Wrong With You, a podcast about foibles, idiosyncrasies, and having no chill. So wrong, it's right. I am your host, John McBride of johnmcbride.com. And my guest for this episode was Sib Raza, a Dallas comedian. And this is my very first real life guest to have for What's Wrong With You. And what a funny, fun, interesting way to get right into this and kick off season one of What's Wrong With You. The main takeaway from this conversation, as you will hear, is that sometimes we all are aware we're being a D-bag and sometimes we're okay with that. Now let's find out what's wrong with Sib Raza. All right, so I'm sitting here with Sib Raza on this episode of the podcast of What's Wrong With You. I'm going to just get straight into it. I mean, straight into it. Let's do it. Do an introductory thing. I've already said your name, but I want you to tell me. Who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? Oh, man, that is a loaded question. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, uh, I am Sib Raza. I am a local comedian who likes to think he's made it. No, I'm just joking. I'm just your local comedian. I you know, have a daytime job like every other aspiring comedian, and I flip houses for fun. Hey, what are you talking about? I record podcasts and do comedy all for, for, for a living, professionally. What are you talking about? Well, we're not a, all as accomplished as you are, John. <laughs> a few people are. A few people are. All right, so let's get into the bulk of this. I want to waste any time here. Let's I'm going to ask it. you the second unexpected question. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Right off the bat, huh? Right off the bat. What is wrong with me? Well, it just depends. Depends on the mood. Now, uh, the basically the, what I want to get into is we can go into here are my deep flaws as a person, my habits, idiosyncrasies, or foibles. Sure. Those are fun words to say. So, you know, it's funny. Some some people are just like, I know exactly what's wrong with me. I know. Mm. And then some people are like, well, I don't know. I'm pretty great. <laughs> so. ah. Well, I... Huh. I mean, I'll definitely say I come off a too big of a douchebag for sure, but okay. I'm not because you've known me. Yeah. So what do you? You've known so me that, for a while. But yeah. It's, I I know people think I'm just this big misogynistic piece of. Shit, <laughs> so which obviously I'm not. I just like to make comments and just tease. I like to tease a lot. So it's funny that you. So you're recognizing that as something that's you say wrong with you, but you think that's more. I think that's kind of a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. It's a little you. Recognize I think that's the perception of other people of me. Yeah. Uh, do I think I'm a misogynistic piece of? Shit? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so. Do I think I have a douchebag personality? Absolutely, I do. But I don't mean to be. That's just. That's just who I you are. I didn't choose to be. That's what it chose. It chose me. So the D bag life chose you. D bag life chose me. Yes. That's interesting. So it sounds to me like you're very self aware. Right. Right. Like I like you say, like, I'm going to say this joke. I know exactly the type of reaction I'm going to get. So what I'm interested in, like with really all comedians, is when they say this joke, mm -hmm. do you have a target audience in mind or just because like for me, for example, I I kind of do. I kind of when I say a joke like if it's on Facebook, for for uh, example, I know most of my family is going to be on Facebook, yeah. so I kind of tone it down a little bit. Of course. So 
So there is a little bit of self-censorship there, though. Sure. But for the most part, it's just like, I really hope this is funny. Uh, so what what kind of stuff do you do when, when you're posting a joke, when you're performing a joke? Do you just have, like, a specific audience in mind or just like, let's see what sticks? Uh, it's... It's a little bit of both. Sometimes I will throw something out on Facebook that I know is going to hit, but yeah. I, I just see, I don't like doing research and I know people love correcting people on the internet. Yes. So I just post something vaguely in, vaguely in context, but mostly out of context or not out of context. Sorry. I will post something that is. That makes sense, but I could be wrong about it. And, you know, again, people love correcting people on the Internet. Right. So I will just let them do my work. So um, you're, you're now I, that's that's possibly why my perception comes off like I'm a misogynistic <laughs> or, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to offend people or get a rise or do shock humor, which, you know, it does come off that way. But I think. I'm not going to lie. When I first started doing comedy, I did have a few jokes that were strictly shock humor. Yeah. But I have outgrown that since over the past think, five years. I think a lot of comics do because I know I certainly did. Like I um, when I started, I had a bunch of like more racial jokes mm-hmm. and it was more. It's kind of like shock value. Like yeah. it wasn't. I hope it wasn't anything really offensive because nobody yeah. said anything to me. Right. But uh, I eventually, without anybody telling me anything, mm-hmm. I just decided I should probably c- cool it with the race stuff. Well, you know what? Also, you don't exactly come off as a douchebag like I do. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so so then maybe that's why people are like, oh, it's John. He means well. He's yeah. a nice guy. Maybe he's just having an off day a lot today. Right. I, I, I'm, I've gotten by my entire life with that. Oh, it's just John. He means well. He means well. <laughs> He's doing so good for being, you know, him. So, but uh, I, that's interesting that you kind of use the audience to do the work for you because you know they're going to do it anyway, right? Right, because I, w- I can either make the mistake now on Facebook or I can get on stage, say something incorrectly, and, you know, people get mad about it later right. and try to correct. See, when, I, when, I, when I'm on stage, I want people to just, like, cut loose and just – just turn off reality for an hour, right? It's, right? it's it's a comedy show. You're there to laugh and not take things seriously. Right. But there's always that one blogger. Yes. You know, who's, oh, no, this is not how it should be. So yeah. it's, you know, I said something about having ball cancer and I said, <laughs> oh, right, we're not supposed to talk about this. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess it's cancer. It's not exactly a terrible thing. I mean, cancer is a terrible thing. It's not exactly a censorship topic. But I was talking about testicular cancer, and I said, you know, I want – you know, I don't go to WNBA asking for money for my testicular cancer. Yeah. Why are women coming into football fields asking for breast cancer awareness money? You know, it's funny. It's like you have these good points I think are good points. They are good points. See again, that's my douchebag coming out. <laughs> you know, but you know, you're right. You're committed. You're you standing your ground. Yeah. Right? It's, I don't. I don't have the best delivery method starting out. It's 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 very. It comes out very aggressive and angry. But it sounds to me like you are. If you haven't already found your voice, you're well on your way. And I. And the only reason I say you, you may or may haven't is because it can take comedians like 10, 12 years to do that. So right. I think I kind of 
right. scratch the surface of doing that. But. Oh, okay. It's 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 getting there. Uh, um, I like I would say I think I have found my voice. It's just the stuff I want to say, I can't say right now because, um, I'm not like people. I'm not well known enough that yeah. people care about my opinion on things. Right. So all I can talk about is what goes on in my life, what I do with my life, you know, and the things I have experienced. Right. You know, plus like something like what I just told you, like, you know, women going into football fields and asking (laughs) for money and guys going to like you. You can go do this joke tomorrow and you will be just, you know, you can claim it as your own. You can just work on it really hard in one day and you can. Just go perform it and claim it as yours. Right. Well, not anymore because you have proof. But <laughs> I'm going to delete this. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why no. I started the podcast to steal jokes. Steal jokes. This is a good way to do it. Yes. You should have people sign like any jokes we come up yeah. with here is mine. Like a non-disclosure agreement, yeah. that type of thing. Put it in fine print and like one point font. Oh, I should have thought of that. Make you sign a waiver. See, before. that's why you need a brown guy on your side <laughs> to give you ideas on how to scam other people. So uh, I do. <laughs> so it sounds to me, you know what? You, you said that uh, you're not big enough, right? As a, mm-hmm. as a comedian, you're not famous enough. And only then will people really care about what you say. And of course, the more famous you are, the more attention you get. But I would say that not being as well known mm-hmm. um, kind of gives you a little bit more freedom you know what I mean because like you can go out and say whatever you want within reason I suppose sure. but you can kind of go say whatever you want and your life will still be fine you'll go to your day job like you said the next day and you know you'll True. you'll be okay you know what I mean it's 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 well here here's the thing it's just I have not been. I don't. I don't want to ever go on stage to like upset people. Right. You know, Facebook. I don't care. They're, <laughs> you know, again, I'm testing out my jokes, and they don't exactly come out the right way. Right. But as far as, you know, on stage goes, I want to make sure. So if I talk about something like this, I want person to leave happy. And sure, there's a good possibility if I'm like really killing it, I may bring stuff like this where I'm like, hey, I've done 10 jokes that have absolutely killed tonight. So I'm going to throw this one cancer bit in there. Yeah. And they're going to like it. And if it hits, who knows? People have gone on, gone viral off less. So. Right, right. But that's just something, you know, I would work with. I mean, that's just a great technique there. I think yeah. it's a fairly common one. It's a, it's a common because it works. Um, do your other material that's less offensive maybe yeah. and they kind of just sandwich that mm-hmm. cancer joke in there yeah throw in the 9-11 joke and oh in i start with the 9-11 jokes always but that's actually kind of a good thing because you're like this is who i am right at this right at the start right from jump street this is the type of comedian i am and you're Absolutely. gonna like me or you're gonna not like me mm-hmm. but it sounds to me you want more universal appeal yeah, right. of course. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you and I were talking about this couple yeah. weeks ago. Maybe it wasn't you. I don't know. I can't remember. I, I look. I like know a Nikki lot of, was there. I look like a lot of white people. So you do. You you <laughs> basic. You know, white boy. Yeah, glasses, beard, white. Glasses, nah, beard. You know. Really sexy voice, though. I've been told. Yes. By you just now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But no, we were just talking about it. Like it's it's. I would rather I do appeal to a wide range of audiences. But if it's like one singular crowd, one race, a singular crowd, or whatever, mm-hmm. however you should say that, uh, that one I will, I will eat it bad. Right. So I'm working on, working on places, working on getting gigs where I have to force myself to be in this uncomfortable situation so I can go further on yeah. with my bit where I can please a group of one same audience, you know. So that's interesting because there's, and I think we did talk about this, where there's two schools of thought when it comes to adapting your set. Mm-hmm. It's like play to the room you're in mm-hmm. or just like, hey, this is me. This is my brand. This is what you mm-hmm. get when you book me. Right. And so I'm kind of like myself. And part of the reason why I wanted to do this show, I wanted to find out what's wrong with me in the process. <laughs> so um, when it comes to comedy, though, I'm well, of course, my uh, my relationship with with comedy is, is I'm ultimately lazy and I prefer to stay home. We're recording in my home right now. True. So True. I didn't have to go anywhere. A very clean home, I might say. Thank you. I appreciate that. My, my wife appreciates that the most. So, but... Uh, can I borrow your wife? Because my room's a mess. Can I borrow your wife? Hey, that sounds <laughs> that's that sounds like I don't know why the hey voice was associated with that. But you should get like an audio thing for that. Hey, I'm gonna have a soundboard. The more this show evolves and progresses, it's just gonna be like a Saturday or is like morning radio whack pack type of thing. Just fart noises and ducks quacking and whatever. I do like fart noises and burp noises. <laughs> so that's uh, people are gonna like listen and be like, I, I kind of have an idea of what's wrong with you already. <laughs> Two seconds in, I already. But I think know. that's every guy though. Like every guy loves to fart. You know what's interesting? <laughs> they they the farting is the only thing guy competes himself with. Yeah, I think guy never looks in the mirror like eh, I look like crap. But you know what? Check out this fart, and he'll feel better about himself. The rest of the day. So here's another thing. This, I want to get back to the comedy thing. But oh, right. Real, Sorry. But real, real quick, though, because this is more important. This farting subject is way more important. Absolutely. Uh, and it actually kind of is because it's, it's kind of switching gears. But when it comes to um, – I don't know if you live with your girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. But uh, so some guys just say, hey, baby, this is me. This is just what I mm-hmm. do. You, you're going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Issue them a DWI, a deal with it. I like that. <laughs> so, for me, though, I have a personal policy. Mm-hmm. And again, this may be just what's wrong with me. But my my policy is I don't do it in front of you. You don't do it in front of me. Now, I'm the only one who uh, ad- ad- adheres to this policy. Um, I like your wife already. <laughs> so... So, yeah, and so it's to me, it's like I liked some of the mystery involved, sort of, but I'm just like, I get so self conscious about it. But it's just a normal bodily function. Right? It's something, so it's something that everybody does, right? Right. And it is hilarious. Let me ask you this Does your wife try to Dutch oven you? No. No, she oh. does. Dude, she'd be the best wife ever if she did. No, she does not. She, I don't, maybe, maybe she has tried, and I'm just not in it. I'm just not having it. Well, nobody's into it. <laughs> Nobody wants. To, like you, you just don't, shut up and take it. Like you don't ask. Just be a man and suck it up, <laughs> or inhale it up, and, and whatever. It's like, say, babe, um, I'm gonna Dutch oven you tonight. I just want to 
let you know about that ahead of time. Like nobody's going to do that. You know what I mean? On True. three, three, two, one, Dutch oven. You know that's yeah. I call it hot box though. Hot box, either one. I like hot box. But. So I and I'm quite immature. So you would think I would be into this because uh, we went camping. What was it last weekend? Whatever. Mm-hmm. At the time of this recording, as mm-hmm. if me saying that matters. But right, <laughs> yeah. Because people are like I'm going to check john's timeline on his facebook oh, i doubt they'll care no 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 one cares but so the the one of the people we were camping with he actually had a real dutch oven to cook food with right and i'm like looking around looking to see if anybody else was gonna crack a smile or giggle nope just me so i'm over here like holding my breath you know <laughs> i think i think it's a comedian thing um because like we we see things from a, such a different perspective that like like I was dating I was dating this one lawyer chick one time and you know I'll just she'll say something and I'll come up with these jokes and I'll say these things I'll say oh that's a good that's a good point tell me more about this and this and this and she's like how does your mind work like that I was like I don't know she's like so she told me something and I came up with like a good three minute bit right there yeah. And it just—I think that's just how our minds are wired to work. Yeah, I've to often look thought. for jokes in sadness. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, that's that's exactly know, right. Or, or or crappy situations. That's exactly right because I've often thought comedians. No pun intended. No pun. <laughs> I've often thought comedians are kind of tuned into a frequency of comedy. Mm-hmm. They just see humor and things. Mm-hmm. But here's the here's the difference, though. Comedians, good ones anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, can recognize the humor and package a nice, solid joke out of it. True. Like a stage-worthy joke, and that doesn't happen overnight. It can take time to develop, mm-hmm. but it does get worked on. And I think it's the real difference between the funny guy at the office and the comedian. The comedian, right. like, structures the joke, writes the joke, yep. thinks about things like, do I want to play to the room, or do I want to just say, this is my bit, no mm-hmm. matter what? You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm kind of conflicted on that. I don't really know yeah. what to think. No, I mean, Tim from, you know, Tim the office clown cannot <laughs> yeah. get on stage and just kill. Only person he's going to, you know, make laugh are his own office people who know him. Right. Right? And even then, they're not going to be... Like all the, I've seen this happen several times at open mic. Ooh, my coworkers thinks I'm hilarious. They get on there and I'll just see them eat it. Instant and, death. And I'm like, hey, you know what? If you really want to get into it, I would love to help you out. Yeah. Like, let me let me show you how it's done. If you are serious about it, and I've helped, like, you know, I can think of, I've helped several people, but like, I can think of six people right now, top of my head, who I helped and I spent numerous amount, enormous amount of time with them. Right. Help them write everything, and they're not using it. Yeah, they're they're yeah. not doing it. They're just like, oh, I don't know if that's from. Why not? You, you know so- uh, that that is an interesting topic. I want to talk about that. Being not not necessarily even a new comic, mm-hmm. right? Um, just feeling uncomfortable at comedy clubs. Yeah, you have somebody like you who comes up and say, "Hey, I'm going to be genuine with you mm-hmm. and friendly." Which you don't get all the time at comedy clubs. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't get that all the time. So when a a comedian, like, I'm going to befriend you and help you out. Mm -hmm. And as the new comic, or not even new, Mm -hmm. just self-conscious comic, which is all of us, right? But, you know, I say that, but not not necessarily. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. There are some comics who just, like, who don't fit the normal mo the normal mold you know but um, i'm I'm actually probably (laughs) so i'm speaking to one of them right now but it's because your confidence you're like 
I know that I'm at least good enough to help this person out, and I'm right. confident in myself enough to I can approach this person. Right. So already you kind of are that uh, irregular comic who actually has self-esteem. Right. I mean? I, like, you know, gra- even if someone was like a shittier comedian than I am, if they came up to me and said, hey, here's my suggestion for that joke. I will take it. I will listen to it. Yeah. I will try to fit it in my act. But if they don't do that, then there's a lot of people out there who will get offended by that. Yeah, and it's especially just... from a new person. Now, I have had new person try to like teach me how to do comedy. He didn't know who I was. I had right. just moved back from Columbus. Yeah. So he hadn't seen me at back door, and he comes up to me and I said some joke. It was stupid joke right it was i wasn't even on stage i was just talking to people and i was like hey this is the bit i'm working on and he starts telling and it was a dirt it was a bad it was a dirty joke right uh, or it had cuss words in it he starts like lecturing me for a good 30 minutes and he said i should follow him and turns out he'd only been doing comedy for three months <laughs> hilarious and and i think one of the other comedian goes up to him and he's like i just took it in i didn't say anything to him yeah one of the other comedians walks up to him and goes do you know who that is <laughs> And like I'm, I'm not saying I'm like some hot shot around Dallas, but he's like uh, that guy's been doing comedy for a long, t- way yeah. longer than you have. So you need, to, uh, he didn't say you need to like watch it or whatever. He just said like he's been doing comedy way longer than you have, and um, maybe you can learn something from him. <laughs> and granted, I was flattered, but I just, I, I was just, I just took it in. I didn't say anything. Yeah. You're like game recognizes game. You're one of the the confident comics who, who. You know, people have told me that's a bad thing. Even my girlfriend tells me like you're too confident. You shouldn't do that. Like on stage or even in person. Like if it's on stage, I can kind of understand because you know that could be perceived as a turnoff. But ultimately, if the material is funny, right? Nobody cares. Yeah. Like this is probably not the best example because. Mm-hmm. He was un- unpopular for a lot of times, but Dane Cook. I mean, I'm going to use Dane Cook. He's. I understand me saying that the weight of me saying his name, but <laughs> he was a very confident comedian, mm-hmm. and he was very successful. And we all know the Dane Cook story. We don't need to go in about him, but right, um, yeah. But the fact that he was confident, uh, I don't want to get into stolen jokes or anything like that, but. It was because his confidence, that was a turn on for a lot of people. You know what I mean? No, I totally get that. And it's people hated him because he was confident. I think he stole, what, two jokes maybe? Yeah. But, okay, two jokes aside, the rest of his act, if you just look at it, I'm not saying what he did is right, obviously, but, you know, two jokes aside, what he did, even if you don't learn anything from it, he had great stage presence, and that's what got him. And he was pretty hot at the time. I don't know how he is now, but... That's what, you know, all the chicks loved him. Right. So I think I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's like because he was so confident and he did look like a leading man type of deal and like yeah. a movie or something. Because a lot of us regular comics were like, we don't have that. <laughs> we need our our uh, our self-deprecating humor yeah. to even get by in mm-hmm. life. So when, quote unquote, we see the confident comic, we do get a little turned off by that. I, it's 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 not just my girlfriend. I've had quite a few people tell me that, and it's just it's just my persona. And I think again that plays that all plays into me coming off as a douchebag, but. I mean, obviously, again, I'm not. I know I come <laughs> off that way, and I make really snide, sarcastic remarks. But 
I mean well. I don't. I've yeah. never gone out of my way to hurt anybody that didn't do me wrong. Right. Or even if they did, I just slashed their tires. That's completely <laughs> yeah, just, okay. Just, just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. But it's interesting though that because of the majority enough mm-hmm. comedians or more self-conscious. I mean, it's really difficult. Like, even to this day, mm-hmm. going to a comedy club, I'm like, I like hanging around other comics, especially the ones I know mm-hmm. better. But at the same time, I love performing. Right. Just hanging out at a comedy club for hours on end. Mm-hmm. I'm at the point where I'm like, I liked that I got to chat with you, but I'll see you later. It's nothing personal. I just want to be away from here. Right. And that could just be me being burned out or something. But it's also burned out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also a part of me. And I want to ask ask if this ever happens to you where if you do ever get any type of like social awkwardness or just shyness, that's what happens to me a lot. Like I won't like unless somebody Mm -hmm. for the most part, if I went to a comedy club now and I didn't recognize a lot of the comics, Mm -hmm. I'd probably stick to myself you know what I mean? Right. Keep to myself. And it's really nothing personal. And I know I should be probably networking and stuff like that. Yeah. So that, it doesn't sound like you encounter that a whole lot. Uh, no, not really. Because just, I'll just talk to anybody and everybody, really. I'm pretty, you know, I, I listen a lot more than I talk, even though it may not seem that way. Yeah. But w- once I hear something that is churning... I was like, I can interject myself in that conversation. And I will do it, and one way or another, I'll do it, and I'll talk to them. And then, you know, just hope one thing leads to another. That's right. So, that was my dating life for a while. I just hope this hope one thing leads to speaking, another. Speaking of dating life, <laughs> let me ask you this. Would you ever date, if you were single, would you date another comic? Another comic? Yeah. Um, I guess so, in my experience of not even wanting to approach other comedians, it didn't really come up ever, <laughs> but... Um, um, if I was single, I guess, you know what I mean? Like the fact that they were a comic wouldn't bother me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Okay. In fact, like I, I know that can be a turnoff for some people. Yeah. Um, because like you're not only just dating another comic because there's like, oh, you're just constantly doing bits in front of each other. You know what I mean? I kind of appreciate when I can be. You know, and this is I, I I'm catching myself now yeah. wanting to say. I'm humble and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like being the one who's like the funnier one out of the two. You know what I mean? Mm. Like a regular person, quote unquote, regular person, just a non-comic who doesn't feel the right. pressure to do bits constantly. You know what I mean? So, But the fact that it would just be me and uh, another person who I would be dating, I suppose, in this scenario, I wouldn't be too afraid of us constantly doing bits, although that can get exhausting. You know what I mean? Really? You think? I mean, because, like, I think it's just because of me, because, like I said, I get lazy. Okay. And it becomes, like, but I do like the fact that it would challenge you, keep yeah. you in that frequency. It's, yeah, I mean, it would be, so I've, you know, I, I'm making a point. There are some really, like, pretty comedians out there, and, like, And you I've, listed yourself as one of them. <laughs> well, I, yeah, a little bit. Um, but, no, you know, and I've, I'm only bringing this up because... Last year, I had opportunities with a couple of them, and I didn't take up on it. I, I don't ever, like, make the first move to right. as it is. So, But I, you know, I had my opportunities, but I, I didn't take it because it was just, I just thought it would be, it's like, you know, sleeping with a coworker. Right, exactly, because. It's, but but the, my main concern was 
It wasn't that joke and stuff because like I write jokes with my girlfriend all the time. She's not a comedian, but she's a very, very good writer. Yeah. She's yeah. very good. She She's helped me really clean up my stuff a lot. Um, That's good. Yeah, I would say like my B material has gone to A now because of her. So right. she she's very like good at stuff like that. But like me, I wouldn't be worried about like constantly bouncing ideas off each other. But yeah. then what happens if you both come up with the same idea and she both of you guys tell it like say at 10 out of 10 quality then who gets to do what and what you know yeah there's that conflict and competition natural competition with comedy i will tell you this i'll throw my girlfriend under the bus <laughs> you know i so when you do material you wouldn't be afraid of like say oh well, my girlfriend did this this stupid thing and i'm basically going to in a joke form mm-hmm. but essentially make fun of her right mm-hmm, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be afraid to do that like would oh, you no. even take it a step further but like this idiot i'm dating or anything like that. <laughs> all right i'm gonna tell you a funny story so she um she calls me up one day she's on uh, she's you know she's on the can and she's like <laughs> you're gonna be so proud of me it's like what what are you doing what'd you do i'm pooping and i'm calling you yeah. <laughs> i was like wow okay this really took it to the next level. Way yeah. to take it to the next level. <laughs> then she's like, okay, hold on one second. I got to put my phone down. I was like, why? <laughs> she's like, I got to wipe. I was like, how many, how big is your ass? How many hands do you need to yeah, wipe? Like, She's like, no, I just need to get the toilet paper. I was like, what kind of origami are you making <laughs> to wipe your butt? Come on. This um, is a new I, level of intimacy. And that's that. The I call that joke my origami poop. The origami poop. I like yeah. that. But it's yeah. I, I haven't obviously worked it out yet. So. You, you know, it's coming from a real place. <laughs> it's coming from a real place. Real crappy place. The bathroom. That's where it's going. Real from. crappy place is what I call it. So you wouldn't be you wouldn't be afraid to do that. And that's that can be you know that can be like more of a cute story. You know, yeah. it is literally potty humor, but it can right. be more of a cute story. There's a million yeah, I directions. I, do, I don't know if that would be considered a clean set or not. Well, I mean, it's not clean at all. <laughs> it's getting there with the, with the with the wiping. It's but, pretty crappy. It is pretty. So, but uh, you're exactly right though about dating a comedian, and even if it's in your local scene, mm-hmm. like if you break up, it's like, oh no, we're on the same open mic tonight, or on the same show. Oh yeah. And that would that is that is weird. I didn't even think about that. If you break up, oh and, man. Well, <laughs> hopefully I didn't scare. Yeah, I never think away. about breaking up because I never break up with anybody. They just grow tired of me and leave me. Yeah. So and then when they leave me, I'm like, "Sup, girl?" When I see them. <laughs> yeah. It's so. I I only I've never. We can get to this, but people would ask, like, do you have any breakup stories when you had to break up with somebody? I'm like, what, you can be the person who breaks up with someone? Is that an option? Didn't I, even know. So I uh, did break up with one person, and she went crazy. Yeah. Started showing up at my house, knocking on my door at, like, all hours of the night. It was, I, I was like, all right, I'm not going to break up with anybody. I'm just going to cheat on them and have them leave me. There you no, go. No, I'm kidding. I'm there you go. You know, you heard it here. Relationship advice on what's I'm, wrong with I'm, you with Sid. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. I just joke about sh- stuff like that. So. So. 
Uh, I do want to get into something a bit okay. I want to do. And I told you about this bit. I told you what the concept is. You don't know what the topics are. Okay, sounds it's good. It's called Let's The do it. Wheel of Wrong. Okay. All right. And all it is, I downloaded this super fancy, absolutely free random topic generator on mm-hmm. my phone. Okay. And it happened to be a wheel. I just thought that was fun. So there, there you go. The backstory of The Wheel of Wrong. All right. Let's so, do it. Uh, so we're going to just spin the wheel. And see whatever topic it lands on is what we're going to talk to you about. And it landed on puberty. So puberty. Here right. we go. Here we go. So do, any first first impression of puberty. What? Because uh, first impression of puberty. Yeah. Glad it's over. Does um, you know? I didn't really. I was kind of pissed. I was getting hair. <laughs> really. Down there. But then, like, I try to trim them and stuff, but they just keep like growing like a freaking cornfield so i was like you know what there's just no catching up to it so i that's that was the only thing i didn't like but now i like my hair everywhere and body everywhere i mean i groom and trim and shave and stuff everywhere but you know for i i did not like it at first i was not happy about it sib does shave and groom he's shaving his legs right now you can't tell on the audio podcast but uh Yes, I, I I just can't. It's it's one millimeter too too <laughs> long. So what I want to ask you about is uh, now how do you deal with any lingering experiences from puberty that don't necessarily have to be bad or traumatizing or anything like okay. that? I would say like and, and they can be good or bad. Bad like you still hang on. Like I can't believe. When I was like 13 years old, I did a super embarrassing thing that any 13-year-old would do. Or it could be, those are the best times of my life. It's never going to come back. I'm just thinking. I'd never... I know someone else's puberty story <laughs> Yeah, that was terrible. Was it someone you knew? Yeah. Growing up with? No, but it was a friend's sister. Yeah. Um, she had her first period... <laughs> Now, hold on. <laughs> uh, let me let me just clear. I, I can't think of anything embarrassing right now, top right, of my head. Right. I, I don't think anything bad ever happened. I guess, I don't know, like maybe my first orgasm. It was just weird. I was like, oh, that feels good. What the hell was that? Like, I didn't even know that was an orgasm. And your family was watching the whole process? No, no, no. <laughs> nobody was watching. <laughs> I was hiding in the back of the bus. In the back uh, of the bus? No, I'm oh, joking. Okay. Because I'm going to believe in, every word. Okay, well, <laughs> this is not going to go well then. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, so I guess the, the girl, uh, my friend's sister hadn't been given the talk about well, she, period. She, she didn't know. She didn't know. So I went to his house, and I was like, hey, what's up, Jacob? And then next thing I know, I hadn't even stepped in the house. Next thing I know, she slams open the door. And goes, Mom, I'm bleeding. <laughs> and I was just like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, I later realized that's what that was. And I was like, oh, sh-. she just had her first period. So, so you so you knew. How, about how old were you when? This, 13. So you were 13. Was yeah. she around the same age? Something? I think she was 10, 11. 10, 11. That sounds more. Nine, maybe. You can kind of tell how well I know the female biology and stuff like that. I trust me. I don't. I don't know that. But I'm not that good at it. Sometimes I, I. I just. Sometimes my wife does things. I'm like, what are you? I don't even understand. <laughs> so you. So that was more of a weird, embarrassing moment for somebody else. But you would say you had more of like a like a good 
Doesn't yeah, have a childhood. I don't, I don't. I don't have anything embarrassing. See, really. this is the problem. This is what's wrong with you. Nothing went wrong during puberty. You maybe you, you grew up to be this confident comedian. <laughs> I will. Okay, I will say this. When I was like twelve years old, I guess my hormones were off. Like I broke a color pencil and I started crying. Really? So this is you said. I'm sorry. You said like around 13 years old. Yeah, I was 12 years old. To 12. Okay. Yeah, I had just started growing hair. I remember that, and I guess I was hormonal because of that, or my hormones were off balance or something. I don't know, because I don't normally cry about things. Right. You know. So I was just like, "What?" I broke a color pencil, and I was like, I just started bawling. I was like, "That was my only." But then again, I guess I had just moved to Chicago from Pakistan. And my family was really poor, so we we were there were six of us uh, living in one bedroom. Yeah. So and we had no money. So if that color pencil broke, like I was out of luck if I needed another one. So maybe that's why I started crying. I don't know, but so, I was just like, so I was, was like, super sad that I broke that color pencil. It's like, well, nothing's gonna be red anymore. It's just all gonna be. Yeah. It was a turquoise blue. Turquoise I blue. That. Yeah. Well, it's a pretty color. I would cry too. Yep. So now I would think that I'm tearing up right now thinking about it. <laughs> blue tears. Turquoise blue tears streaming oh, that down would your be face. Dope. That'd be so cool. Yeah. It's like you're wanting to express your feelings and you can't anymore. How do you feel? You see my tears. You see these? It's like the pencil. That's broken like my heart. Like my heart. <laughs> right? I don't know. So did you just like snap it in a fit of rage or did you, like no pencil sharpener? It broke in the middle. I don't know how I broke it. Wow. I think there's some just deep rage issues there. <laughs> no, I didn't break it, but that's what I'm saying. I, I'm a pretty cranky guy. I'm not going to lie. I'm a pretty cranky old man because I, as I get the older I get, the less patience I have, the more yeah. racist I get. <laughs> yes. But I'm like in the moment racist. I'm not like racist all the time. I'm like in the moment racist. So if so, someone's driving slow, I'll call them, drive faster, you fucking chin. You freaking chink. <laughs> All of this will be Right? See, deleted. I'm just putting myself in that situation. That's how I'm yelling. Even if it's a white guy sitting in there, I'll yeah. be like, drive faster, you chink. So it's situational racism. Yes, situational racism. The, it's, it's, the, it's, I get them in you know, spurts. The name of your comedy album, Situational Racism. <laughs> so. that, that, that would pro- I would call that my second comedy album. The my second first one. one. First one, I'll probably, I already have a name picked out for it. Oh, and you don't want to give it away because I used to be like I that. put it on my Facebook, okay. but uh, recent things have brought to light, uh, or th- recent things have been brought to light to me. So uh, I can tell you off the air. Off I mean, but it's mic. on my Facebook. It's on my Facebook, but they'll have to dig through quite a bit of it. We'll have to say, talk about that off mic, as they say. Yes, and, off mic. This is not something I want to discuss right now, at, le- at least until I sort some things out. So well, let me ask you this real quick. What would be like some backup comedy album names you would think of? Like, you'd, like you wouldn't care if somebody stole them, you know what I mean? Oh, I wouldn't care. Um, I thought this was funny. I thought this was funny. Just you with your arms out, like, hey, thought it was a good idea at the time. So there you go. I'm going to steal that one, I think. Okay, sure, go ahead. (laughs) I'm going to steal that one. Um, Oh, speaking of stealing, (laughs) so have you ever had any of your, like, uh, someone giving you advice or someone help you with, like, uh, constructive criticism on your joke or something, and then you did it, and then they say you stole it? That... I don't think that's happened to me specifically, mm-hmm. but like the, the my, my go-to story about 
not even stolen bits or jokes or anything like that. Uh-huh. I used to do a joke that I never considered my, you know, closer. It was more a disposable joke. I okay. just put like the middle of my act, right? Okay. But I said instead of a sugar daddy, I was a splendid daddy, right? And then I found out there's a comic who is like his whole deal is he is the splendid yep. daddy. That yeah. is him, his name, I think his t-shirts. So I was like, it never came up. I didn't even know who this person was. So I haven't, I haven't even met him, right? And so nobody said anything because it didn't really matter. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm going to quietly bury that joke. He can have it. He's clearly committed to the whole deal. So there you go. You get it, my permission. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, so I, no, I totally get that because I, I had a joke. Actually, I'm not even going to lie. I almost stole one of your jokes without even realizing it. Really? Yes. The joke about, if a white girl is running down this street yes. without uh, at nighttime, I can't afford this neighborhood or something. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I mean, I didn't do it on stage, thankfully. Yeah. But I was like telling people about it. And then I was like, wait. Oh, no. And then I heard you do it. And I was like, shoot, that's where I heard it. Yeah. So then obviously I dropped it. But I was like. I was like, I promise I didn't steal it. it was, I, I brought it up once, and then I realized it was yours, and I stopped. Well, but I, I've no, I've almost done the same thing to you. I would go up on stage and be like, a lot of people think I'm Indian. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. But come on. So uh, I want to get down to a couple of different things sure, here. Sure, I sure. want to do something fun here. Uh, this is what I'm going to call a uh, just – I, I've imaginatively and creatively referred to this bit as quiz. Okay. All right. It's like a behavioral quiz. All right. We're going to get right. down to the uh, to get down to the bottom of what's wrong. What's with wrong you? with Sib Raza? All right. I like Sib Raza better, to be honest with you, because I'm used to like Raz. You can say raspberry or something like that, but Raza is like yeah. My friend, a couple of my friends call me Razmataz. Razmataz, that's cool too. I don't think that's a good comedian. <laughs> well, not really. But all right. So yeah. these are all things I did not make up myself. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's a behavioral type of quiz. Right. Mm -hmm. This is like a multiple choice. All right. So question number one. Mm -hmm. If possible, mm -hmm. I would return lost money to the rightful owner. Strongly agree. Strongly disagree. Strongly agree. You strongly agree. Now, third option was strongly recommend we get our story straight and the cops don't have to get involved. I may or may not be wearing a wire. Mm. So, so, but you say strongly agree. Strongly so you, agree. You would All return money. I wouldn't even try to be funny about it. Like, not because you're like, I'm, I'm going to get caught or is it the right thing to do? I, no, I, I don't mess with my, I have very like strong morals about money. Okay. Like I will literally have no respect for somebody if they stole even a penny from me. Yeah, and and I would not steal a penny from somebody else. Um, not even the uh, take, not even the uh, take a penny, leave, leave a penny tray. You're like I'm leaving it alone. Nope, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Worst thing. So I found a twenty dollar at Willow Bend Mall one time. Really? Uh, in the parking lot, right? I I stood around there. It was it was day before Thanksgiving, I think. I I, I looked around. I could could not find anybody. It was twenty bucks, or maybe no, it was fifty bucks actually. So or maybe it was twenty. I don't know. Anyways, money doesn't, I mean, amount doesn't matter. Just, I spent 30 of it. That, that, that's yeah. all I know. <laughs> well, there was 50, but then there was 20 all of a sudden. So I drove around the parking lot a couple of times. I didn't see anybody. I was like, you know what? I'll do one more round. I drove around and I see this Mexican guy come out of the mall and he was crying. And I was like, hey, man, what's going on? Because I, I, I took the money and I was going to give it to a homeless person. 
Yeah. So I was like, okay, because I was going to go to a mic later that night or something. So I was like, I'll give it to somebody in downtown. There's always somebody there for yeah. a hungry comic. Yeah. Um, but he, he was like crying and I was like, Hey man, what's wrong? He's like, Hey, I had a 20. I had that to buy a little present for my son, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, is this it? And he's like, yeah. And I gave him an extra 10. I was like, here you go, man. So, so that's interesting that you would do that because that's, you, you are a better person than me because just hearing that story, my like having no trust in anybody, right. Yeah. Would be like, he saw me pick up the dollar bill and made up a story, you know, he, I mean? maybe he did, but Hey. At least my intentions were good. Right. It's like, hey, it wasn't my money to begin with. Yeah. I'm going to give it away, paying it forward. Yeah. I mean, I never I never care what people are thinking, you know, unless it's, you know, comedy and they're not laughing. They're like, shoot, I got to work on this. But yeah. normally I don't care. Again, it's one of those things. As I get older, the less I care. Actually, like around like, you know sophomore year and uh or for senior year in high school i stopped caring what people thought about me and yeah. that has made me an infinitely happier person so you're like you know my hair grows everywhere and, uh, i'm yeah. just gonna... <laughs> honestly that's what helped me with my confidence when i stopped caring about people i think that's what that when you stop caring about what others think you will become a significantly happier person you will become a significantly uh confident person because I, I didn't always used to, I could never, I can still not talk to most women. Yeah. I can't walk up to a random girl and just talk to her if I wanted to flirt with her. I will, you know, but I am confident enough now where I could, if a girl were to come up to me, at least I could talk to her. But nobody comes up to me, so well, it that's, doesn't matter. That's interesting. I think that's a comic thing. I think it's a comedian thing. Because if you're on stage, like I said, like growing up, I was insanely shy still shy yeah. you know and, and now but it's kind of a two-way street you kind of ultimately make a choice just like you said mm -hmm. you know like i uh, just for me like, i've gotten to the point where i'm like if i really wanted to i would be going up to that person just talking to them mm -hmm. i just don't care to you know yeah, what i mean yeah but it is like a comedian thing where it's like i may not want to talk to anybody or approach anybody but on stage mm -hmm. this is me i'm in control right. For however many minutes I'm allowed up here, I, I, whether it's a full show, half hour, sixty minutes, or only get three, whatever, yeah. it's my time. I'm good at three minutes. Yeah, just ask your girlfriend. All right. Yes. So girlfriend, she'll be like, eh, he's more like two minutes. Two minutes. Like three minutes. He was tired that day. <laughs> it's like a roller coaster ride. You know, you wait for like an hour. You do. You wait. You stand around for an hour and a half, and you get a good ninety seconds in. There you so. go. It's it's. It's worth it, though. It's worth it. It's worth it. And At like, least for me. I don't know about her. And if you bring a can of Dr. Pepper, you get half off. There you go. Oh, I should try that. Yeah. I should try that. You she get a soda like out of the deal. She might like that. <laughs> she, might. she used to call me Allstate for a while because she was in good hands. She was in good hands. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. There you go. But, I'm going to start right. that one, too. I'm going to delete. Uh, okay. So let's do another question here. I, li I like these. So, and there's going to be three three options, right, for yeah, your sorry, multiple choice. To the, no, no. I, again, I, I don't mess around with money. I you don't. are fine. You yeah. are fine. Uh, which option best describes your workspace? Mm -hmm. Personal, relaxed, friendly, informal, structured, organized, functional, formal, mm -hmm. hiding stashes of food stolen from the break room fridge that if anybody found out about, you'll tell HR that in order to get them fired. They gave you a neck massage that started out consensually, then got weird. That was a lot to take in. So, 
I have experienced part of the third one. <laughs> so I'm more interested in that. <laughs> so what I did was, so I have stolen food. I stole, I got really hungry one day and I forgot my lunch and I did yeah. not feel like going downstairs and getting something from the food cart. So what right. I did, I took the, I took the, I took their lunch. I left a 20 there. Their lunch was not worth 20. So that goes pro- back to the money thing. Yes. I, I left a 20 there because, again, I'm not – I don't want to steal. And I don't care how much badly they wanted that sandwich that day. They can easily walk downstairs and get another one. Yeah. Only bad thing is it was for a handicapped person. Oh, and no. I didn't know – I didn't look at the name <laughs> till after I ate the sandwich. Like- so then I said, hey, Joanne, what happened? She's like – I bought this lunch and somebody took it, but they left me a 20 and I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, well, I'm so sorry. I said, she, I was like, what will make you feel better? What will make you feel better? She's like, I'm just tired and my neck hurts. I was like, would it make you feel better if I gave you a massage? <laughs> so I did give her a neck massage <laughs> and I did end up going downstairs and getting her something to eat. You see... Again, me not trusting anybody. In my mind, she saw you do it. Like, I'm going to get a neck massage out of this. <laughs> that, damn it. <laughs> she got you. And every day Joanne was good at that manipulating stuff. I, I would not put it past her. Every damn day. Damn it, Joanne. Every day. She's like, my neck kind of hurts. She just kind of gives you this look like she knows. It was funny to me. It's like you didn't, at least I, I don't think so, but. At least it's funnier to me in this version that you didn't tell her it was you who stole the lunch. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't do that because then Joanne, if Joanne is having one of her episodes, she will rat me out to the manager. Joanne has episodes. Oh, man. Joanne has episodes. So I'm yes. going to be forwarding this audio to the HR. <laughs> you can go ahead. I don't work there anymore. <laughs> Joanne can massage her own neck for all we care. Uh, so I'm going to do one more of these. Sure. Right. Let's one more it. of these. As we're kind of kind of winding down here, uh, let's see. By the way, I'm good on time, so my 12:30 canceled. So. Oh, really? Hear that 12:30? You can eat it. All right. So this is a this is a, this is going to lead into more of a health thing here. As we, okay. True or false? Mm-hmm. Everyone should exercise daily. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say your answer to that would be true. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the real answer is false. Due to, due to the word everyone. There are many people who should not exercise daily and people who may not be who, who or excuse me, who may be unable like Joanne or prohibited from doing any exercise. Most of these people are named John McBride. That's John McBride. John McBride should definitely exercise every day. Damn it. And I've invited you several times to come work out with me. In fact, uh, I will probably be working out later today if you would like to join us. I'm going to delete this audio. <laughs> I'm going to delete this. No, man, I'm telling you, working out is like one of the. Let's put it this way. It, it, it Again, it all goes down to happiness and confidence and a little bit of douchebaggery. You will love yourself even more. I See, another thing I learned, and this, this is going to sound weird. I learned it from two and a half men. <laughs> winning, right. Like yes. It. And ever since then, I have been winning. No lie. <laughs> yeah. For the most part. But if you want to, you know, if you want others to love you, or even like you remotely, you have to learn to love yourself. You and what I did was one day I just went, stood in front of the mirror, naked, and I looked at everything I hated about myself. Yeah. And I said to myself, what's the worst that can happen? And that's how I look at life now. 
What's the worst that can happen? You know, can I live without it? So if I don't drink a gallon of water per day, what's the worst that can happen? I can get kidney stones again or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now I make sure at least, you know, five times a week I drink a gallon of water. So is it so it's more like just health and mental positivity. Um, but oh, I, want, I don't know if I'm a positive person. <laughs> well, we've already established I'm so negative. Even my STD tests are negative. <laughs> so what I want to know is like how much does it kind of goes with it. Mm-hmm. But I want to know how much does um, personal appearance play into effect because everybody worries about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I want to know like so I'll give you an example of where when years ago when I was hitting up the gym mm-hmm. on like a regular basis, I was working out four, maybe five times a week, right? Sure. Hitting up the weights and stuff. Never a gym rat, never like a bodybuilder right. or anything yeah. like that. But one of the things that motivated me mm-hmm. is kind of started from a similar place, mm-hmm. but it was, I had to be upset about something. I had to be so down on myself to motivate me and I could get into like really good shape for me, mm-hmm. but it like cost me like a mental. I don't know. Were you addicted to the gym? No, I wasn't addicted to the gym, but I I did get into a place where I was either doing it for spite for myself or someone else, mm-hmm. and it got to a point where the reason I would work out was like I would kind of look at other people I knew that they didn't work out. I'm like, look at this person; he doesn't care about their body. I'm better than you. So is there mm. any, like, superiority? It's such a weird mix of I hate myself, but I want to be better than that guy. So, I mean, I don't I don't hate myself, uh, at least not anymore. And, again, I think if you – I think if you want to be – you can still – if you want to be a successful comic, in my opinion, you have to learn to love yourself. Yes, comedy comes from a dark place, and you can talk about your dark – you, you can talk about your darkness, make it funny, you know, and it's very, uh, how do you put this? Um, and it, it's funny, but like, I just feel, so here's the thing. Uh, re, I, I think I told you like recently I lost like 14 pounds in two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Right. I only did that because I realized that I was feeling too fat, that I was pulling down on my shirt while I was on stage. Yeah. And I, d- I didn't like that because I was feeling fat. So I fixed that. Um, so if anything I don't like about myself, I fix it. Because I'm the only person in charge of myself. If I get offended by something, it's my fault because I am not confident in myself that I would be okay. Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't like when people make fun of, you know, like when, when people make fun of like other people's religion or even my religion, right? Yeah. But... I don't get offended. I may not like it, but I may not like it because they're, you know, these people saying they're triggered yes. because they're not, they're not confident with themselves. They're not happy with themselves. Yes. So they project their negativity to other people's problems and they relate to it, relate it to relate themselves to it that way. Yeah. And that, but that's just my opinion. You know, what's funny about that is uh, to me anyway, is these people feel they're so subconscious. They are not comfortable with themselves, and I would agree with that. Through, mm-hmm. so, I mean, obviously, you can't be coming from a place of comfort if something can trigger you so easily, right? right. But they also feel the need to sort of, at least a lot of the time, to bully sort you. of 
bully and police you about this. Right. And like there, why can't this goes for everything in every aspect of life. But in this particular scenario, it's like, you're so confident in correcting someone. Mm -hmm. Like when you post a joke on Facebook, people correct you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're offended because you're not comfortable with yourself, but you're so confident to correct me. This is like Mm -hmm. displaced confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you show, you have the drive Mm -hmm. to do it. You just don't know where to direct it. And this is why your self-help book needs to come out, Sib. To be honest, I, did I tell you about that? No, I'm just thinking like, oh, I, I'm, I'm working on it. It's called, Why Are You Triggered? Why Are You Triggered? And it's a follow-up to your comedy album. I thought this would be funny. So. Yeah. I could put it, in, I guess I could put it in my, uh, in the subtitle in the parentheses or something. It's like. I thought this would be funny. <laughs> I thought this would be funny. Yeah. If you, so if you that's get, a good idea. There you go. And it could be an audio book. You can record it. People can listen to it on their way to work. Is it, yeah. I mean, again, if you think about it, anytime you have ever been offended by anything, was it really them offending you? Or was it because you weren't comfortable or you weren't certain about it? That's why you yeah. were offended. Like you see something you don't like on TV. You can change the channel. Exactly. A little button on the remote. Exactly. You don't watch, like, what's your what's a band you don't like? Oh, a band I don't like. Um, I'm not into country, so like any country band. So, much. What, do you still listen to ninety six point three? I don't even know what that is. So That's I guess a country I... <laughs> station. It's it's simple as that. Anything bothers you, you cut it out. It's it's nobody will get offended. No one will get upset. Yeah. No one, you know, and people will be able to live happily. And people will be able to do their things. Now all that's going around is more hate than like love, as they call it. Yeah. Or equality. And, you know, I'm not going to say I've never like made fun of a celebrity or something or something that I thought was stupid right. on Twitter or something like that. It's funny to me, but my outlook is like uh, nobody really no one probably cares what I think anyway. Uh, no one's probably exactly. reading this. And if they don't like it, they can scroll away and my, my little post that I thought was funny an hour ago yeah, will disappear in the ether. You know, of course, nothing on the Internet is, you know, it does that. If well, they really wanted to, they can dig it up. Like what, one of the things that are like, you know, it, it's sometimes people just want to get offended because yes. they're upset. Like people want to, you know, I, I could just talk for hours about how people <laughs> want to get offended. Like. Okay, like slavery. It was a terrible thing, okay? I no. love where this is going already. Right. No, I'm not going to talk about what Kanye West said, okay? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's like I downright... Kinda, I kind of do want to talk he's about downright that an, we, we can talk about it. He's downright an idiot for saying that, but here's my thing, though. I think he's a little bit like me. Sometimes he just likes to get a rise out of people. He's, yes. he's I think he's on to something, but let's see what... Hopefully, yeah. you know, he's not trying to distract us from him also trying to pee on 14-year-olds like R. Kelly or yeah. Diddy or whoever it was. You know, it reminds me a lot, and this is not the in the in defense of Kanye West hour or anything like that. But mm-hmm. um, so when I say, like, well, let's listen to Kanye, that doesn't mean John McBride, pro-slavery or anything like that. But uh, exactly. although I have made the T-shirts. No. <laughs> <laughs> You should do it. You know what? I'm gonna. So I still have my dating profiles up. Oh yeah. Just because I get kicks out of it. Even though my first line in my dating profile says "looking to cheat on my girlfriend," I still I get more messages now yeah. than I did before. 
Do you ever and, like share them with your girlfriend? Like, look at this. Yeah, she I would show do her. it. She's you know? like, really? People message you? And I was like, yeah. And I even then she they're like, oh, are you joking? And I'm like, no, I have a girlfriend, but I'm just joking about cheating on her. Yeah. Part. This is just I wrote that just to see what would that's happen. In, and that's another area of confidence. Once my, my wife and I, we got serious about dating. I was like quickly just deleting all that crap. I didn't want any of it on my phone. Oh, I didn't I want to talk about it. it. It's material, man. You never know where your next material is going to come from. <laughs> I guess so. But it's um, material for like women are just a source of material for me now on dating apps. <laughs> you know, for dating apps. Yes. Uh, but speak, but speaking of material, slavery. yeah. speaking of oh, material uh, yeah, for, 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 for Kanye, I, I can only assume and no one's going to know what goes on in the mind of Kanye except Kanye, right? And this, I don't and this think happened he knows recently. what's going on. <laughs> and this happened recently at the time of this recording, I guess. But when he said that, I'm hearing this. I mean, it reminds me of way back when, and I, I hope I'm I hope I'm getting this correct, but I, I was young at the time, but when Ross Perot was running for president, mm-hmm. he said something along the lines of poor people cho- choose to be poor, something like that. So I'm like, I guess in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> maybe. I think poor people do choose to. Be, here's the thing: poor people don't choose to be poor. Poor people choose to. Poor people are poor because they choose to make the wrong decisions, yeah. which trickles down to their offspring. Yeah, I think if he would have, and I don't know, this is the defense Look, of Ross Perot hour. Right. But um. I told you when I moved here, there were six of us, and we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. Okay. I am not over here because I was poor and I chose to make even more poor decisions yeah. to be I, – I made more poor de- – see, here I made poor – if I had made poor decisions, I would still be either where I was, you know, 18 years ago yeah. or I would be worse. Yeah. But I chose to make – it's the decisions you make and I get it. Not everybody's circumstances are good, but right. I believe that you make your own circumstances if if i am if i come off as a douchebag which i realize i do right this is that's my fault right because i'm doing something wrong and i'm trying to fix myself and again if somebody has opinions about it on how i can be better i'm always ears i'm not going to say no you're wrong or i will try to explain to you where i'm coming from yeah but and even then if even if then i'm wrong then I will take it into consideration and I'll try to fix myself. And if I after that I don't fix myself, then it's on me. But I don't think again, I may come off as a douchebag, but I'm not. So I, I don't know how to you know, if somebody gives me an advice, I will still take it into consideration, you know. Well maybe wear a plaid like everybody else. <laughs> maybe that'll make me seem like a less it's pretentious too warm asshole. in Texas to wear a plaid. I don't know what these people are doing, but hopefully I hate plaid. But hopefully people will listen to this, they'll get to know Sid Raza a little better. Hopefully. Right? And they'll buy your book and we're gonna sign off here. Because right, I think it's been an amazing recording so far. Uh I like that. How did how did how did you oh, feel? Oh, I like it. You like it, man. Yeah, I, I think we should, well, not we maybe, but because we're out of time, but maybe you should do the spin the wheel thing more. But I like those questions you had there. Yeah. So, this is good. I like this. This is funny. What's wrong with <laughs> with everything? Maybe, maybe yeah. one of these days I can interview you and figure out what's wrong with John McBride. Oh, hopefully. So I, I would hope uh, that would happen a lot here. But uh, So I'm going to sign off by saying this. Well, I hope you're happy. I hope so, too. 
All right. Well, thanks for coming on the <laughs> show. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. And if you want to catch more of Sib Raza, you can follow him on Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube at Legends of Sib. That's S-I-B-1-B. If you want to catch more of me, my website is johnmcbryan.com. If you want to email me, it's john at johnmcbryan.com. If you want to follow this show directly at social media, Twitter, Instagram, it's at www.ypodcast. That rolls off the tongue, right? I haven't thought of a clever outro yet, so let's let's get through it. Maybe by the season finale, I'll have something really, really clever that makes me sound really smart and funny. But I guess in the meantime, that's what's wrong with me.